Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is giving in times of disaster. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, pick up those knitting needles, and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and it's my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so first of all, this is coming on the heels of Hurricane Harvey, not the first nor the last disaster to have hit. And we wanted to sort of broach the topic of what can you do, especially if you're not directly in the area. And we have had a podcast on alternative giving. Yes. Like at the holiday time, coming up with different ways and places where you could give money instead of buying more things for each other. So you could listen to that podcast as well for some of the basic ideas and different organizations for things to do. But in this situation, we're speaking specifically about in times of natural disaster, when as a country... And as individuals, we want to participate in making things better. And we want to give. We want to do something when we're feeling so helpless, especially from far away. And how do we, how do we participate in that? How do we help? What can we do? And so that's the idea of today's podcast. Mm-hmm. So one thing that oftentimes when we get started thinking about how to give is we think about our own natural affinity groups. So for example, we're Lutheran, right? And we're doing a Lutheran podcast. And so we could just talk about ways that we could give to Lutherans or through Lutherans or that kind of a thing. But I would like to talk about things a little more generally. Okay. Not that I don't believe strongly in working through our Lutheran channels. I absolutely do. And that may be where our family's monies go to. But we can talk on a more broad level as well about multiple organizations that may or may not have anything to do specifically with our own denomination, because we're talking about how do we have the greatest impact and be the most helpful right now when it matters. Exactly. And often what you hear, first of all, especially in church, is our thoughts and prayers will be with you. Now, do they really help these people? Or is it something that we're saying to make ourselves feel better? Yes. Yes and yes. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. So I think that part of it is, yes, it's partially to make ourselves feel better, right? It, Mm -hmm. It does make us feel better to feel as if we're being active when what we're doing is staying in our own safe, secure location and not seeing things that are hard, right? So that's a benefit to us. But there have been scientific studies that have proven that prayer is effective. Okay. That people and individuals who are being prayed for are actually receiving some kind of benefit from that, whether they know that they are being prayed for or not. Like there have been actual double-blind studies on prayer done scientifically. That's fascinating. Isn't it? And so it, it has been scientifically proven to be effective. But the thing of that is, is that then you actually have to do it. Yeah. Like to say, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And to never sit down and spend five minutes in intentional, I am thinking of this community and I am sending them thoughts. That's just lip service. Right? Thoughts and energy and hope. And I am calling on whatever I believe in as divine to send them love and hope and grace. If you don't take the time to do that, then you're just playing lip service. Okay. And I'm going to challenge you on that. Like if you say that you're going to be in prayer, 
spend some time. Now you don't have to, that doesn't have to look like kneeling by your bedside and folding your hands. Praying novenas. Right. It can look like driving down the road and thinking really positive thoughts towards those who are in this region, but follow through because if prayer is going to be effective, then be effective with it. Okay. And I'm guessing this goes hand in hand with my next question, which is the vigils and the rallies and the gatherings that people will hold. Those matter as well? Yes, I think that they do. And I'll be honest that this last week, I actually talked with my therapist about this. Okay. Right? Because I was feeling really, hmm, I was feeling like it didn't matter. Uh Uh-huh. I was feeling very much like it was just lip service to make myself feel good to show up at those things. Well, there's some very cynical viewpoints on this. What I heard back and what I hear back from others when I'm in a better space and not feeling helpless and like I don't know how to do enough, what I heard was those events do matter because from a distance, people who are in great darkness, seeing that there are other people shining light, that there are other people who are gathering, that there are other people who hold on to hope for them in these times does matter. And I can say that there have been points in time in my life where that I have been in places of darkness and knowing that other people had the strength and the hope been thought about these kinds of things was helpful and hopeful for me. So Even if it doesn't feel to you in that moment like it's doing anything, Mm -hmm. it's okay to show up because someone out there might see you being there as a sign of hope and that's what you're going for. Fair enough. So if you have decided to go the monetary route of giving, where do you start figuring out the best organization or avenue to give to? It's hard. Okay. But there are a couple of things that are good tips. First, look for organizations that have been around for a while. Okay. The time is on their side in terms of they've built up a network. They've got systems in place. Right. They can actually hit the ground running and get some stuff done. And not only that, but I mean, let's all be as cynical as we really are in this kind of a situation. There are probably plenty of individuals who are setting up new organizations putting the word Harvey in it and the word relief in it Uh, for personal gain. Right. And so if you have an organization that has been incorporated in the last, I don't know, five days, (laughs) you're less likely to be reputable. I wouldn't recommend giving to them. Right. I would recommend giving to organizations that have a track record that you can learn about in some way, form or another, that they've done things in the past, that they've been successful Disaster relief is really, really, really complicated and hard work Mm -hmm. beyond just the different levels of trauma and the different levels of details of things. It's, there's also a lot of red tape and there's a, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that if you haven't been doing disaster relief, you're not going to know how to negotiate that well. And so look for organizations. If you want to give money for a long term effect within a region, look for organizations that have been there, that have a long track record, that have strong organizational roots already in place, and that have some successes under their belts Mm -hmm. in disaster relief work. That's really important. 
Now, if you're deciding money just isn't enough, or if you live close enough, what are some other things that you could and should give? Well, right now, and I would say even when this podcast is published this weekend, giving items is not at all what is being requested, Okay, either in Houston or now in the areas continuing to be hit by floodwaters around Texas and Louisiana. Reason being is that everything is underwater. There's no capacity to deliver items. There's no capacity to store items. Items are not what are helpful. The only thing that I have heard that are the kind of things that are helpful are direct requests from people within the location. Okay. So if you are within driving distance of a distribution center and you have a car that's not been flooded and you have the capacity to get underwear places. Sure. Brene Brown put out a a great Facebook video uh, last night, I think it was, for underwear for people. And underwear and diapers. Oh, diapers are always needed. All genders and all ages. Now, for those of you in the Pacific Northwest, I am bringing this up for another type of natural disaster and that there's a lot of places in this area on fire. And that is another disaster that has needs, very different needs, but needs as well. And so thinking about giving things sometimes can be really difficult Mm -hmm. because if we want to give things, one, what we think someone might need might not actually be what they need. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest tip is asking the people who are in need what they need. Sure. Not just assuming, but actually going to the people. And this holds true across all things. Like if you have someone who is sick that you want to help, if you have uh, new parents that you want to help, if you have someone who's just lost their house to a fire, if you have someone who's experiencing flood, whatever it is, actually going to that family and saying, what can I do that would be helpful for you right now? Mm -hmm. What can I bring you? Would it be bringing you two stacks of diapers? Would that be what's helpful? Would it be helpful to bring you new socks? Would it be helpful to give you $30 and a ride to Walmart? Sure. What is it that would be helpful for you? Because if I look at you and I think, well, you could really use a tray of lasagna right now. <laughs> That's not And then you show up at their house want. and you have a tray of lasagna, but their oven is dead and their microwave is flooded out and their fridge is broken. Sure. Then they have no way to receive your gift. And one of them's lactose intolerant, right? <laughs> exactly. but you've never asked. So it really comes down to decentering yourself and asking the community what they need, specifically regarding Harvey and the recovery efforts there. What has been requested is financial. Sure. Sure. Send money right now. But it's also being requested to sit back and don't send anything right now. Let them handle in some ways right now in this exact moment. But don't go away. This flood, this 500 year flood, clearly a result of climate change and all the things that we've been doing for decades that have come back and devastated this region, this cleanup is going to be going on for years. Oh, they're still talking about Hurricane Katrina. It was years after Katrina when I went, and we were still mucking things out from the flood. Mm -hmm. 
we were still just going into a structure and pulling out debris and muck and old toilets and all of that and putting it into a dumpster for this congregation that hadn't had the opportunity to muck out two of the properties next to the church building. Mm -hmm. And it had been years since Katrina had happened. So the work, the hard, devastating work is going to be going on for years. So don't just think, oh, I want to send $20 right now. Like hold on to those $20 and send those $20 in six weeks. Yeah. Make a note, preset that payment in your bank account. If you Mm -hmm. do online banking, preset that check to go out in six weeks, eight weeks, a year from now to that organization that you found that has the long track record, that has the tenure, that has the success that they can show that they're going to be there for the long haul. And they're going to be helping these communities recover, rejuvenate and reform in the next three to five years, not just the next three to five days. Mm -hmm. Okay. The last question then, do you have a favorite organization that you really want to plug right now? Well, My husband and I spent about half an hour talking last night about how we were going to allocate our money toward this. And this is a a big question for us that we actually wrestled with. And Uh we're making some commitments. You know, his work office is trying to set up a fund for members within their office who are directly impacted. And the company is matching that. Oh, nice. Right. Up to however much money they're actually matching. So people who work in corporate America, check out whether or not your company has any organizations that they will match your dollars for and consider those. So is a favorite organization the one that doubles your money? Well, uh, that, that's a pretty good argument for that's one. not a bad way to go, right? We know that as a family, we are going to be dedicating at least some of my husband's tithe money to going towards that fund with his company in order to help his coworkers rebuild post-Harvey. We also were talking about Lutheran Disaster Response, which is the domestic arm of the work that Lutheran World Relief and the ELCA does. And we know from track record and history that Lutheran Disaster Response remains in a region long term. Sure. And that they have a track record of doing good and solid work. And so we are looking at Lutheran Disaster Response as a way to make a commitment to give 5% of his tithe. So 5% of his salary to Lutheran Disaster Response for however long we decide to make that commitment. And we're talking about one to three years. Okay. And the other one that we're thinking about is we're thinking about the congregations in the Senate there, the ELCA congregations in the Senate there. We know of at least four congregations who've been substantially damaged and several others who are experiencing damage. And because I'm a pastor, we're a pastor's family, Mm -hmm. one of the things that we're considering is whether or not to be in direct conversation with one of those congregations to say, we would like to designate X amount of dollars for as long as we are able to put towards your pastor's health insurance money. Nice. Because if all of the members of Central had lost their housing... Uh-huh. And our building is barely standing because the big earthquake has happened. Uh-huh. Then all y'all are going to be focused on like putting your homes back together. Uh-huh. But having the church present and having your pastor present to be able to be gathered in a place of hope and a place of finding strength in a time of great trial and difficulty is really important. Oh, sure. And health insurance is one of those things that 
congregations ask to cut on their pastors pretty quickly when they're feeling scared and they can't afford things. Oh, that's frightening And thought. so I know how important health insurance is. If a pastor isn't able to be healthy, then they're not able to lead the congregation in a healthy way. And so I'm thinking of the trauma the pastors have experienced, and we're contemplating how can we directly support them potentially in the years to come. So you can get creative, right? You can still give to, that would still be giving to an organization with long roots because it's to a congregation. It would still be giving to people who are affected with a stewardship of what you're offering them. It would build relationship directly, but it also is within our own values and it reflects our own values that we think that having strong and healthy leaders in times of tragedy for communities will serve an entire community's healing process well. And so those are the kind of conversations that we have. So those are the favored organizations. Those are the ways that we're debating. We haven't made a decision, and we know that we have at least one to two more weeks before we really need to because we're making the commitment for the long haul. Sure. And that's our choice. Excellent. So there you go. There's one way that some people can think about how do you want to do this. What's important is that you do it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about giving in times of disaster. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I. And as cliche as it does sound, our thoughts and prayers do reside with those in the Gulf Coast, particularly heavy on my heart these last few days. And perhaps an unrecognized group that I am going to lift up to you is... The dispatch operators and the 911 operators oh, and call centers. Sure. That job is one of the most stressful in... It's heartbreaking in many instances. Incredibly heartbreaking. And they hear the trauma all day long. And they listen and they coax and they try to get help for people. But these are individuals sitting in small rooms just listening to the trauma happening hour after hour after hour. And so as much as we pray for first responders... Also, please be praying for those silent dispatchers and those people on the other side of the 911 phone call because their needs in the months ahead as they process the trauma that they've just witnessed over these last days is going to be significant and they're a silent group of people that we don't hear of. They're incredible heroes, but we don't talk about them much. So be praying for them if you have the capacity and the energy to do so. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for caring. And thank you for your help in advance for those who have been hit by this tragedy. We hope that we can hear from you soon. Feel free to email us at podcast at centralportland.org. If you do choose to share with an organization, post it up on Facebook and let others in our community know how you're helping and, and even share how you came to your decision to make that commitment. It is a gift to be with you, and we look forward to being back in your ears again. Until then, remember, God loves you no matter what.